All right, welcome back to the 1-2 Kentucky Blue Podcast. I am your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My guest today on the show, Coach Ryan DeVrent, Coach Brennan McDonald, and Coach Emily Guyman. We have a great conversation for you all. Our topic today is why we got into the field of collegiate strength and conditioning. We really hope you enjoy our conversation. <coughs> COVID. COVID. COVID-19. Well, I was going to be in my office at Joe Craft, but the men's basketball team is lifted, so I'm out here in Memorial Coliseum, beautiful Memorial Coliseum, home of the University of Kentucky Wildcat volleyball team. Um, but I'm excited to talk with you guys about a topic that I didn't realize, I did not know the why that, the reason why each of us got into the profession of strength and conditioning where I feel like I know everybody's path. Like I know D did a bunch of internships when he was still an undergrad in strength and conditioning. Um, you guys probably know, at least know that when I first got to college, I thought I was going to be in law enforcement, decided very quickly that that was not gonna be the path for me. Senior year, I ended up getting hurt on in my playing football, recovering, spending a lot of time with my strength and conditioning coach at Hanover College, um, then figuring out that you can be a professional just as a strength coach, because I always associated strength and conditioning with football and being a football coach, because always one of my football coaches was always one of my strength coaches or weight room coaches. So that's how I got into the profession, um, but I'm interested to hear the why, like why you got into the profession along with the how, if you want to touch on that. And then even this might be directed towards D and I more, but the why you decided to stay in strength conditioning, because we all know strength coaches that got into this business, um, you know, did the, did the, you know, 17 hour days when you were in your twenties, working with a bunch of teams, long hours, working seven days a week, and that wears and tears on people. And if you don't have a strong why or a strong passion, or if you're not around the right people in the right staff or in the right athletic department, you most of the times get pushed out and maybe you get into sales or maybe you, you know, get into teaching or go into another profession. So I'm interested to hear the, the why behind, you know, D staying in this deal for so long and hearing the why Guyman and BMAC, why you guys decided to become strength coaches. So D, I'm going to start with you. If you want to touch on the how, how you got into strength and conditioning and then follow it up with, with your why, I think that'd be a great place for us to start. So I was fortunate enough um, in high school to have a strength and conditioning coach in high school um, that was, you know, kind of running the bigger, faster, stronger program. Um, he was adamant about, you know, being a good squatter, you know, benching right, you know, and having really good form. So I had the passion you know, starting in high school. And then um, as a junior in high school, I worked for Quasi Sports Acceleration, uh, worked under Tim O'Neill, um, who played football at Northern Iowa. Um, and his strength coach was Jim Kramer, who I ended up interning for um, in 2005, six, 2006, on um, the summer of 2006. And just working, you know, through high school and just doing strength conditioning at high school and then doing a Quasi Sports Acceleration, um, gave me that kind of that passion of, you know, the field of strength conditioning. I didn't know if I wanted to be a strength coach at that time. 
um, but I liked it. I liked staying in athletics. Um, so from there, um, you know, it was like I, I checked with Tim. I said, hey, I'd like to maybe try to get an internship or go to a school that has a strength conditioning program because I really have a passion for it. Uh, so I worked with him for one year. And after working with him for one year, it was like, I need to move on and, and do this. So that's why I went to Central um, and worked under Jake Anderson um, at Central for the four years. But as a young person, like the why behind why I wanted to be a strength coach at that time was like, man, I just want to get these student athletes better on a day-to-day basis to be an overall better athlete. Um, but as a, as I've matured as a strength coach, that is more of, I'm trying to develop our student athletes to be better men and women um, down the road. It's like, at the end of the day, like I want them to be better student athletes at the university of Kentucky but now it's like, I think about that, but the longevity is like, hey, they don't have professional sports at the end of the day. You know, a lot of these teams don't. You know, I'm fortunate enough to work with baseball where that, you know, a, maybe a quarter of those guys can get drafted or be a free agent and go play pro ball. Softball, they don't have that opportunity. They have pro softball, but it's not a big deal. Like, you know, Major League Baseball. Um, gymnastics, unless you're elite gymnast, you're not going. So you start training that mind of like, there's nothing after the four years that they're here. So what do you do? Are you developing them to be a, you know, a better person um, while they're here to be successful in the career path that they want to take? Um, so when I'm developing and developing the culture, that's super, super important. That's why this day of age, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, but it's, it's definitely transitioned from me being a young strength coach to what I am now. Um, and just maturing throughout my career. I think that's where I identify with what you said 100% at the beginning where it was, what was, it was Quad City what? Quad City? Quad City Sports Acceleration. Yeah, so I loved that kind of stuff when I was in high school and even as I got into college because I loved athletics. And I realized when I got injured my senior year in college is that I didn't so much love the sport of football. I did love the sport of football, but I really, really loved and where my passion was, was preparing for competition, not necessarily the competition itself. And I think once that clicked in my head, then I realized, you know what I'm really good at or what I can be really good at is helping other people get fit and strong, just like I like to prepare myself to become fit and strong. And I think as a young, as a young person, in my uh, younger 20s, that's where I identified as. I identified as an athlete. I had identified as somebody who really loved to lift weights. I really loved to run. I loved running long distance. I loved running short distance. I just loved working out and preparing for competition. Um, B Mac, I want to hear from you next. You know, as you got into this, into college strength and conditioning, what, what was your why? And you can even touch on your how as well, just like D did. So I actually wanted to be a marine biologist <laughs> all my life growing up. I thought, you know, I want to be a dolphin trainer or work what? on the beach. Yeah, that was the goal. Um, and I was a basketball player. So I started playing travel basketball and, um, you know, I was tall. I was built for it, but I was super weak. I was not a very well-developed athlete as a young kid. And so um, I actually had one of my travel coaches. He had me play up a level and he was like, I have this friend from high school. I want you to go train with him. So I went to this place called Nate's Premium Athletes, and I started going there first, it was just like once or twice a week. And 
I fell in love with the process of getting better. Um, I, you know, I really clicked with this guy. He kind of like, he became my, my big brother. Um, and so I started going there quite regularly and it started going from twice a week to all of a sudden, you know, six times a week. And I lived at that place. Um, in the meantime, which this will come up in a little bit later in the story, like my home life wasn't great at the time. So I like, that was my outlet and I could not wait to get off of school and go to Nate's because whatever I had going on, whatever I was frustrated with, like I could control there. Um, and it was a place that believed in me and kind of brought me back up. So I became addicted to training and, and loved it. And I was improving for the first time in my life. Like I was just skyrocketing up. So that was my junior year of college. Um, and I really wanted to, I wasn't on the varsity team in the beginning of high school and I was ready to make it. So a week before tryouts, I'd go down with an ACL injury and it happened at Nate's. So he had been through something like that before too. And he kind of took me under his wing again and was like, that's okay. We're going to get you back. Like you're missing the season, but we'll keep working and we'll get you um, stronger than you were before. So as I kept going in there, I started watching the other athletes in there because they just kind of had like an open hour system where you tell them when you wanted to come. And then I'm in there training with, you know, seeing freshmen in college, high school basketball players, you know, you have baseball guys, you have all these different levels. There's a mom, there are little kids and they just had kind of open hours and then we'd all train together. Um, and so I started watching the, these other people and how they would prepare them and was like, this is pretty cool, you know, and, and just really paying attention and buying into the process and, and seeing what you can get out of it and how much it had done for me confidence wise um, and started to fall in love with that. So that made me shift gears as I rehab back through several knee injuries after that and got onto kinesiology. Um, alongside that, as I mentioned, like my home life wasn't great. That was the first time I ever felt strong. And so if there was a situation that I needed to be physically strong in, like I liked the fact that I was getting stronger and that I could stand up for myself. And so um, that really helped me and kind of started to drive me every single day. Cause even if it was like, you know, I couldn't play basketball right now. It was like, no, I'm, I'm getting stronger. Like I need this. This is so I want to be a strong person in life. Um, on the top side of that. So then I went to undergrad, um, did my kinesiology program. They had a, a specialization in strength and conditioning. So I was, I took that route um, and started to, you know, look into other, you know, opportunities that they had. We worked at high school, we worked at college and, and every time I really just loved it. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me and the biggest thing that I kind of found throughout the different steps I took, you know, especially from that high school to um, undergrad transition is being able to be the person that believed in other people and pushed them forward and like got them out of that. Because, you know, I don't have a father figure. I, every coach that I had, like, I did not really click with my, my coaches. There was never that person that like brought me back up. There were a lot of people that kind of pushed me down in a lot of situations. Um, and then even then, like I would glom on to different coaches and kind of look for them to be that brother or father that I, I should have had, but didn't. Um, they ended up kind of also falling off in a similar manner than like my personal home life did as well. So seeing that a lot of times and having those people either not be there for you or see them have kind of their own tragic fall. Like it made me want to be that person for somebody else. And so um, in undergrad as well, like I got into a program called Girls on the Run. And at first I was just a, a running buddy and I just go, it's a, it's a program for girls like third through fifth grade. And they learn lessons about like body composition and how you shouldn't look like a girl in a magazine and how you don't need to diet in third grade and stuff and how to handle bullies. And while they have these lessons, they learn how to run. So at first, you know, going through this again, I was like, well, I like to work out. Like, I'll just go and be a running buddy. 
And eventually I ended up taking over the program and coaching my own team. And I saw the stuff that these girls were going through. I mean, every kid had a bully. Every kid had a body image issue. Half of them had boyfriends. It's third grade. Like I was not, some people uh, getting real here, like I had a girl that was in the hospital for suicide attempts in third grade. And that really opened my eyes to seeing this more. It was like, people don't have this. Like, I'm not the only one that didn't. I mean, my mom was phenomenal. I'm not to take that away from her. But like having leaders that let you down in your life or not having that person there, there's a big need for this. And a lot of people don't have that. Um, and Girls on the Run really kind of shook me for a second because it was like, man, you know, there are a lot of people with not a lot of good situations and not a good, lot of good leaders in their life. So um, as I started to see that, like, you know, you get a lot of kids here that are quite confident. They're division one athletes. They're here. They're, you know, have always kind of been the superstar, but you also have a lot of them that still need that person to, to instill something in them. And kind of like Dee said, you know, you're, I care about getting them to be better athletes, but I care mostly about them being better people. And I care mostly about them teaching them to be confident, to attack everything that they go for. Um, what's even right and wrong to not, you know, to show up on time to communicate standards and expectations. And I think that everything in strength conditioning ends up relating to life. So a lot of times I tell them that like, look, I don't care that you missed this one workout, but I care about the fact of how you went about that. Because when you are in a job in three years, that's not gonna fly and you won't succeed with the way you're currently doing things. Um, so, you know, I've learned a lot about myself over that journey. Um, I learned about myself every time I help one of those kids through it. And a lot of times, like, I think I'm also working through that point in life, but you at, at the same time as being the person that pulls them through it. But even when there have been moments where I'm like, man, I don't have a huge personal life or I don't have a lot of time outside of this, or, you know, this job's kind of a grind right now. I just think about how much I wanted somebody, um, you know, apart from my mom to, to pull, pull me up and believe in me and, and push me in ways that I never had. One thing that you said, BMAC, reminded me of something that Steph Tracy Simmons has talked about quite a bit recently. But, you know, what you alluded to is that in the weight room, and Dee said it as well, is that not only are you preparing your body for competition, but you're also preparing yourself to become the best human being that you can be. And that's, you know, you have somebody that's going to hold you accountable. And they, we definitely do that when we have 18-year-old freshmen come in. But by the time they're 21, 22-year-old juniors and seniors, we expect them to be the person that holds themselves accountable and then also hold their teammates accountable as well. There's so many lessons that you can learn in the weight room. And one thing Steph has talked about is coming up with, you know, like 20 to 25 words that have to do with, um, you know, the struggles of life or, you know, uh, the struggles that one might uh, occur once they get outside of college and whether that's grit or passion or dealing with adversity and then always having a weight room lesson that goes along with that. And I think, Guyman, you were reading a book that had something to do with that topic, correct? Yes. Um, what is it called? It is called Weight Room Wisdom by Ron McKeefrey. Uh, but it just has like a bunch of different lessons from like a hundred different strength coaches. Um, but yeah, it, it like ties it into like a lesson that you can take from like yourself, but then you can also instill in your teens, awesome. um, which is really cool. So that's a good segue to you. Let's talk about you're super young in your career. You've been at Kentucky for uh, less than two years now, right? Yes. So mm -hmm. Talk, talk with us about your why, why you got into strength and conditioning. Um, so I 
was an athlete um, all middle school, high school. My main sport was volleyball and I wasn't the most skillful athlete, but I loved to work hard. I loved to train. I loved to play. Um, and as I kind of discovered more of what strength conditioning was and, I, and realizing that you can, you know, train and like help improve your performance. I was like, wow, like I want to help other people do this because growing up, I didn't have a strength coach. Um, and I think, you know, having that influence on my life would have changed my game tremendously. Um, so I want to like do that for other people. Um, when I first started my college career, I thought I was going to be an engineer. Um, cause I was really good at math and science in high school and realized that I did not like engineering whatsoever. Um, and that's probably like the biggest advice I can give anyone who's like going through their undergrad, like study something you love and are interested in. Um, and I was not interested in that. So I decided to change my major. Um, I knew I really liked training and exercise. So that's why I decided to study. Um, I thought I was going to do physical therapy. Then I moved on to athletic training, realized I loved working with athletes, but I didn't want to wait for them to get injured to do my job. I'd rather prevent them from getting injured um, build them up strong so they can play their sport. And that's what kind of led me to strength and conditioning. I also, at the same time, started personal training through Virginia Tech Rec Sports, and it just kind of all clicked at the same time. Um, so why exactly, you know, do I, am I a strength coach? Like, like I said, I love training, and I really enjoy programming, and I think it's really cool how there's no one right answer to you know, getting stronger, being more powerful, training for speed. Like there's so many different avenues you can take to get there and you can put your own creative spin on it um, as an individual. And with that being said, like you can't, sorry, I just lost my train of thought, but <laughs> um, there's no right way, right way to do it. Um, I also enjoy the act of coaching itself. Um, I love being on my feet. I love using my voice. Like, I think this is one of the best jobs because you're not just sitting at a desk nine to five every day. Um, and that's really why I love to do it um, and just have like an influence on young individuals' lives. And something that I want to move into is the tactical strength conditioning field and work with our military specifically. Um, I think, you know, working with young student athletes is great. I, like, I want to keep doing it for as long as I can, but for my why on maybe moving to tactical is because I think it's really cool to kind of like give back to your country in a way and help prepare our military forces for combat. Um, you know, it's something bigger than yourself and like bigger than like what's even going on in the United States. Like it's just globally. And I think that's really cool. And, um, something that's really rewarding. I like how you brought that up. So you're in collegiate strength and conditioning right now. It's a great way to get experience. It's a great way to get your schooling paid for what you're doing. So you'll graduate in uh, a year with your master's degree, and then you want to get into tactical strength and conditioning. You did a great job of articulating why you want to get into uh, that, that sector of strength and conditioning. Now I'm going to throw it back to D. Um, and one thing that popped up D, that I haven't talked with you about, but uh, somebody sent me a job that's uh, from the Reds organization. So the director of 
strength and conditioning performance, that position's open. And the first person I thought of is, you know, who should apply for this? Ryan DeBrant. But, you know, one thing D and I haven't talked about is, you know, why has he stayed in college strength and conditioning? Uh, why hasn't he gone on to the pros? Why hasn't he gone into the private sector? So kind of touch on that, D, why you have decided to stay at the college level for as long as you have. And do you have any desire to uh, go private sector or uh, professional? Um, so going back to 2009, when I had left here as an intern to work in the private sector, uh, to work for Oak Athletic Development for six months before I was hired back uh, full time, I got that experience of the private sector. And that was more, I expected it to be like, hey, we're going to get these high quality, you know, high school kids coming in where the parents are pay paying, you know, a, a buttload of money. Um, but it really wasn't, it was all ages and it wasn't really a group setting. It was like an individual basis where one kid comes in or two kid co uh, kids come in. And at the end of the day, it was like, I was bored. You know, I, I wasn't multitasking like you do at the college setting. Um, on the pro ball side and going professional, um, for me, it's like the family time. Like, yeah, you, you're working for nine months out of the year. Um, and that is literally, you're playing 162 games. So like, if you're not home, you're away. If you're at the field, you're, you're just, you don't have a chance to go home and see the family at all. Like you're playing games until 10 o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden the next day, you got to be back at the field because you got workouts at seven and just talking with the big league guys. That's the lifestyle. Now, the one thing that they like is that you work your, your tail off for those nine months and then you get a true you know four to you know three to four months completely off like you're not even there at all so that's that time that you're making up with the family you know are you losing out on that time in those nine months i think so you know you're missing out on their their sports and that what they're doing you're missing out on their schooling just in their development um and that's really you know yeah the college setting is a busy busy time as well. Working college baseball is no joke. You know, being on a seven rotation with your pitchers, I feel like it's a year round sport. Um, but I, the fact of knowing what pro ball is like and just talking to some coaches that are up there, like, I don't know if I would like that lifestyle at all. So this, this is outside of the topic that we're talking on, but just so I have a better understanding of professional baseball. So they're during those four months where you're not playing, that's not the off season. Like the, their strength coaches wouldn't be there working with the players because the players go home or go off to their. They're off for their own, you know, either training with their own strength conditioning coach that they've had for a long, long time, or, you know, they're, they're hiring somebody that's a personal trainer that they haven't had in the past where they've heard, Hey, this person's really, really good. Um, the, the strength coaches that stay back like at the stadium are usually guys that are like trying to develop their, their double A guys, their triple A guys that'll come train. So like, you know, a couple years back when I went into LA, um, I walked in there and it was the head strength coach, it was the minor league coordinator, it was the triple A guy, the double A guy, and all those strength coaches were there to train all those guys that are trying to move up and be a big leaguer. Um, and that's usually kind of in the winter time, but you know, you're still working. I, yeah, I feel like it's not just like, Hey, I'm taking four months off, you know, um, at the end of the day, you're still working. So, I mean, that comes back to, I think why I love college strength and conditioning, because there is a development piece. You have 18 year old 
um, men and women that come into the program and you're able to develop them physically throughout a four to five year career. And we can look at their strength numbers. We can look at their body composition numbers when they're 18 years old compared to when they were 22 years old, when their eligibility is up and see how much muscle mass they gained, uh, you know, how strong they've gotten uh, or, you know, how, how much their times have decreased on certain assessments. So I feel like that's definitely a perk to college strength conditioning as opposed to um, professional and just giving major league baseball as an example is you don't know if you're going to have that double a guy for you know four years or maybe four months and they get traded and i think that's goes hand in hand with you know not only mlb but in a nfl and then the nba on top of that and going back yeah yeah, what you got going back to my original thought was the um the development piece like you know i'm i'm when i was younger i was trying to develop and be a better student athlete i still am um, but being a better individual as well. But going back to being that better student athlete, there's really no development. Like they're already at the elite level, at the pro level, where it's like, how much development are you really getting in? At that point, you're just maintaining the body so they're not injured on the field. You know, those are the guys that are getting paid. Don't get them hurt. <laughs> exactly. You know, that are getting paid, you know, $20 million a year. It's like, <laughs> you know, hey, you're good doing that if that's going to keep you safe. Um, I just don't like that factor of like not having the development piece. What's the pay like? So I saw that job pop up, director of strength conditioning for the Reds organization. Not a triple A guy, not a single A guy, like the director. Like, what does that pay? Do you know? Uh, there's been talk, like talking with Bob Alejo when he was with the A's, like it's in that range of three to 400,000. That's a good penny. That's a pretty yeah. penny. BMAC, let's toss it over to you. Why college strength and conditioning? Not like why not the private sector? Um, or you know, have you had thoughts of going to the private sector or trying to go to a professional team? Um, originally, when I first started training at that place, I thought that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be um, the guy that that trained me, and I wanted to have my own place, and I thought that was cool. But I also grew up watching my parents own their own business and saw everything that came with that so they had a small business and i mean something goes wrong in the middle of the night on a friday night you have to run and go fix it you know you have to be in charge of figuring out the rent all the time and and your employees and stuff and that's the side of it like i have no interest in business i know eventually like there some of my career goals might involve some of that and that's an area of weakness that i need to get better at but i just want to get to do all the parts of the strength coach and not worry about that external stress and also not worry like when the business failed like i saw a lot of stuff go on too that made me never want that um i like the like the availability kind of like d said so my whole beef with professional sports too in general like in general i even prefer to just watch college sports because there's something to fight for yes they might not all be going pro but there's a national championship like there is something to prove because they played the sport in their high school they were really good at it or they showed some promise and they get recruited here and then they have four years to be great and they don't usually come here like "Eh, there's nothing after this they're like no i'm here this is college this is kentucky like and they're here to thrive and they're here to win for that championship and i think the culture of our department pushes that as well so you know, if there's like, I think March Madness is way more fun personally than watching the NBA championship, A, because you don't get seven tries to win a game, but B, um, you know, there's that fire and that passion. So I like that. I also like the controlled availability. You know, 
relationships are you get out of what a relationship what you put into it but you also have to have that person like most athletes aren't gonna be like i'm gonna go see my strength coach every day we're usually the last person they think of too but when they come to you regularly and you get to see them on this you know semester-based calendar um it enables you to build those relationships where i think like d said the pro-life a they have nothing to fight with b or fight for b they, you know, they come and go and they usually have their own person and they're always like, well, my person's got this or they have so many preferences by that point. Here, they're still new, they're still a sponge um, and they're there to work with you. In your session, they're there to work with you. Um, so I just kind of like the, the controlled setting of it. Yes, it's unpredictable at times, but for the most part, you generally know when each team's gonna train and you generally know how long you're gonna have them. And um, it just kind of gives you a nice skeleton to really get to build a lot off of. And you said a lot of great things there, but the one thing I'm going to come back to is when you said your parents owned a business and you saw that there are a lot of struggles come with that. Um, like you said, if something goes wrong, that's on you. And that's one reason why I love college strength and conditioning. One thing compared to like private sector and D and I experienced this a little bit when we had our CrossFit gym is we had to get members in. We had to say, um, you know, especially when we first opened the doors, we had to say, yes, you can come train with us. Your, your, your viewpoints and your um, work ethic might not match up with our, ours, but we need to pay bills. So we had to say, yes, we had to recruit people. We had to um, sometimes convince people to kind of try, come to work out with us and hopefully sign up for a membership. At college strength and conditioning, we don't have to do that. Our sport coaches do all the recruiting and that's, that's probably one thing I didn't realize when I chose to be a strength coach as opposed to a football coach, because that was, you know, a career path that I was, that I could have gone down is I would have been a terrible recruiter. Like I always said, Hey, you want to come play football at the university of Kentucky? No. Okay. Sounds good. See ya. Um, where we get to just sit back, get the student athletes that come to Kentucky, train them, uh, you know, work on making them the best student athlete they can be, like you have said and Dia said, making them the best per people they can be as well. But we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, recruiting phone calls, recruiting trips, or anything like that. Um, that that's one of the main reasons that I love college strength and conditioning. I think my favorite, least favorite class in undergrad was my facilities management class, I think it was. And we had to design our own facility. And then you had to look through like the insurance for you, the insurance for the people, the insurance for the equipment and see like seeing how long you'd be in the red before you ended up starting to turn a slight profit. I just looked at that and I was like, that's not a mountain I want to climb. She hasn't bought a house yet. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. But that is crazy the the think through like, like you in order to have a business in the private sector you have to get loans you have to go into debt so that you can try to make a profit five years down the road and d and i were lucky enough to get a situation set up where we were using the facilities at uk paying so little rent each year uh, to use the facilities um, you know, our insurance costs were what they were, they were high, but that was really our only overhead because we were using the University of Kentucky's equipment. We were paying the University of Kentucky a small amount to use that space. So 
um, I always hated the idea. And Dee and I did look at other facilities to maybe expand our operation to say, okay, what if we took our CrossFit gig outside of a campus? We rented a building, renovating the spaces, paying a heating bill, paying your 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 monthly rent, uh, insurance on top of that. It just gets overwhelming really quick, and then you think you have this lucrative idea then all of a sudden you come to realize that you're going to be in the red for five, maybe 10 years before you're even able to take a salary out yourself. Um, it, it's daunting and it's scary. Um, what else did I write down? You know, I, I let you guys talk a little bit about your whys and everything that you guys said. I'm like, even as you're talking through it, I'm like, yeah, I didn't re really think about that. That's part of my why as well. And when I really sit down and thinking about it and I come down to, you know, what is the, if I could say it as, in as few words as possible, why I do what I do. It, the main thing is, is I don't know what else I would do because I feel like this is one of the only things that I'm good at that I could uh, have a job, provide for my family. And when it comes down to physically making student athletes better, building their character, making sure they are becoming better people. Um, that Guyman mentioned like the actual act of coaching on the floor is so much fun. Um, there's not, I can't think of another job that I could say right now that I would be happy doing day in and day out, sometimes 16 hours uh, a day, seven days a week. Um, you know, there's struggles. We, we all have struggles in this profession, but I don't know what else would bring me as much joy as this profession does. Um, I think the grass is always greener too, Spurlock. Like that's the biggest thing you hear a lot of strength coaches say is we're like, oh, 12, 16 hour days, you know, the crazy work hours. And yes, but like my sister has moved quite up high in her company and she's at her desk for that long sometimes because she, her workload is so high. And so you can get those crazy hours everywhere that still compromise your time with your family and your personal life. And your stress can be so high that you can have other parts of your life and your health fall off. We might have that long day, but we usually get a chance to work out in the middle of the day or like go get a coffee, you know, or do what you need to do. It's not always straight that time. And like, yeah, I had to work this whole weekend, but two of those days, my job was going to watch my team play soccer. And like, I would probably do that for fun anyway. So, you know, it's not, I think it's it's a matter of perspective and I am not kidding because like sometimes I lost perspective a couple weeks ago on it and it is easy to sometimes get discouraged when you have other things too that are pressing in on your kind of urgency meter but I think um, at the end of the day it is you know it, we're quite lucky. I would agree and I think and I hope you guys would agree we are trying to do our best to make sure our work life putting first things first um, initiative is heading in the right direction. So I think the best thing we talked about, I, I, it must have been in April when we were discussing the stigmas that come around with working in college strength and conditioning and athletics in general, where if you are not at work, if you are, aren't putting in those 16 hours a day, you almost feel bad that you aren't. Um, where if we have a culture and an atmosphere where we love doing what we do being a strength coach we love the people that we get to work with that's you know our staff the 11 of us the sport coaches we get to see on a daily basis the student athletes that we get to uh, work with 
that's all the great stuff. And if we can eliminate all the stigmas that come with uh, working in athletics, whether that's, uh, you know, I, I think how we started that conversation back in April was uh, D felt bad about taking a, you know, a week trip to go see his sister-in-law in Western Kentucky after she got back from deployment. Um, I've talked about, you know, when I took a vacation uh, last summer, I felt bad because I was leaving you guys for a week and you always feel like there's, um, you're leaving somebody out to dry when in all actuality, our staff is set up to be able to cover for each other. So we always have a contingency, contingency plan. Um, so if we start having these conversations and I really enjoy listening to everybody's why and not only why you got into strength and conditioning, but why we're in college strength and conditioning, even Guyman talking about how she wants to pursue tactical strength and conditioning after she gets her master's. Um, that just keeps my morale so high. And then it just helps reinforce the things that we've talked about, putting first things first, making sure that we're eliminating those negative stigmas that we put on ourselves that um, aren't put there by anybody else, but we put on ourselves for some reason. I think that's, hopefully you guys would agree, we're moving in the right direction with our staff. You guys got anything else you wanna to touch on? I think that was a good conversation. I appreciate appreciate you guys hopping on the Zoom and talking that through with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Well, all you listeners out there, if you have any questions or comments for us, don't hesitate to reach out to us at UKStrength at UKY.edu. Thanks and go cats. Go cats. Go, go cats.